welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. 14 and 14, familiar passage of scripture. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. If, you, if you'll help me preach for just a little while, would you help me pray and ask the Lord's blessing over the rest of this service? Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your spirit that we have felt in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blessing and provision. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy, oh God. Oh, we come to worship you. Hallelujah. I pray as the word is preached today that you would move in this house, Lord. Oh, God, help us receive it today. Help us be changed today by your word, Lord. Hallelujah. Move in a mighty way in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we give you the praise for it today in Jesus' name. Would you give God some praise if you believe he's going to work in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated at this time. The apostle penned the words of this letter to the Philippian church, which had already known their pastor to be imprisoned before. They had already known what it was like that the the father of their church was imprisoned behind bars because it happened in their own city. But the Bible tells us in that city that Paul and Silas at the midnight hour, they sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. Paul was in a bad situation, Silas with him. They were in the inner parts of the prison. They're in a dark place because of preaching the gospel. But that did not stop them. That did not stop their praise. And there is nothing that can stop your praise. Hallelujah. For the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. No matter where we find ourselves in life, we can praise the Lord. We can give God the worship that is due to his name. Hallelujah. We can praise him and he can shift things. We can praise him and he can move things. Or we can praise him and we will wait. But either way, we can praise him and we can glorify him because he's worthy of it. We serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. And he deserves our greatest praise and our best praise. Hallelujah. Whether we're in a dark season or not, we can praise the Lord. We find evidence from the book of Philippians that he penned this letter also while in a, in a prison another time. While he was in jail 
another time. He penned the words that I read to you in our text. And I believe here today that it is at the time of his imprisonment in Caesarea and when he's on his way to Rome that he might have written these words, though we don't know for sure. You see, he was in prison because he was preaching the gospel once again, but this time in the city of Jerusalem. He was proclaiming the word of God, and he was proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when he spoke of the resurrection, of Jesus Christ, it pricked the hearts of the Jewish believers, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that sat there because they had disagreement of whether there could be a resurrection. And they most certainly did not believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But I've come to declare to you that my Savior, He did rise from the dead, that He defeated hell, death, and the grave. That my God is a resurrected Savior. And my God is not dead. But my God is alive. And because he lives, I can live also. We have life. We have resurrection through Jesus Christ. There is a resurrection. You can study in apologetics. Some of the ancient Jewish writers that, that wrote of, of the church and its beginnings. From some of the Jewish writers, not biblical writers, that wrote in the first century. They wrote, they wrote and said that this Jesus, they must have stolen his bones. Because we looked everywhere for them. And we couldn't find them. You know, that tells me, Pastor, a powerful principle. And it's that they were trying to find his bones at the start. But they could not find them. They had every reason that they wanted to shut this whole thing down. And they said, if we could just find the bones, we could shut this whole thing down. But they couldn't find them. And so they concluded in their letter saying, well, they must have stolen them and hidden them somewhere. No, the Bible is the most historically accurate book from its time. And it declares that our Savior is a risen Savior. And so I choose to believe the word of God when it says he rose from the dead with all power in his hands. Hallelujah, he's risen. That's what Paul preached. They warned him. The prophet Agabus even warned Paul and said, you need to not go there. I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell you you'll be beaten and even killed if you go there. And that's when Paul said, I am willing even to die for this gospel. He said, I don't care about your warning. I'm willing to go the distance for this gospel. I'm willing to go all the way to death for this gospel. And all the way to death he did because he believed in this thing. He believed in the resurrection that much. He believed in Jesus Christ that much. He believed in the life that is in Jesus that much. Hallelujah. And so he's thrown into jail and he pens this letter. He pens this letter. Now, many of us would say, Paul, haven't you even done enough? You know, I don't know about you, but I like a good day where I could just relax. 
My wife bought me, because she, she says I never react, relax, she bought me a hammock. Praise the Lord. And I've got that hammock set up in my backyard, and that hammock is full of leaves. Because <laughs> I don't have no chill day. There are no chill days. And some people look at it that way. You know, when I've, it's kind of the American way. When I've worked hard enough, I'm going to hang up the towel. I'm going to retire. And I'm not going to do anything anymore. And praise the Lord, I'm going to retire one day. <laughs> That's not what I'm preaching against here. But there was something inside of the Apostle Paul that I believe we should have inside of us. There was a drive that was inside of him that refused to take no for an answer, that refused to sit down and be quiet. No matter how often they beat him, no matter how many times he was shipwrecked, he pressed on. He pushed on. He kept moving on. There was a fight that was inside of the Apostle Paul that was unlike anybody else. His fight and his drive in him moved him forward and pushing and preaching the gospel into places that had never been preached before. It's during this imprisonment that you can find red letters in your Bible. In Acts chapter 23, in verse number 13, the Lord told him this as the Sadducees and the Pharisees argued over how to punish Paul for his preaching of the resurrection. The Lord told Paul this. He said, be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. The same way that you've testified of me in Jerusalem, Paul. Get a smile on your face. Because you must in Rome also. He said, you must. It was the I must of God. It was the you must of God. And I believe that there are some commissions that the Lord has given to us today that he's expecting us to fulfill, that he's expecting us to do. God is asking and he is looking for a church that will go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. He told us in his word, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world. He was being sent. Paul was being sent by Jesus. And he made the sending of God his mission. There's something about somebody who really, really, really wants something. Hey, Amen. You, you, you teenagers know this. You can work your parents just right. You can, you can just butter them up just right. Mom, you look so pretty today. Hey, man, I know none of the Rainer kids, you know, try to butter up their parents like that, you know. You look so nice today. Can I have $20? Because 
he really, really wants that $20. You know what I'm saying? Not to single you out, brother. You know, you have a job. Hope you hope you're not asking her for money. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But when you really, really want something, you're trying to find a way to have it because it's your idea. It's not somebody else's idea. And that's how Paul was about this. When he heard from the Lord, he made it his mission. He made it his mission with everything that he had. He said, oh, Rome's where I go next. Yes, sir. I'm going. I'm finding a way to get there. I'm pressing. Everything that's happened is the past. Nothing else matters now because the Lord is requiring something of me. And if the Lord is requiring something of me, if he's asking something of me, I have got to do what the Lord is asking. He had a tenacity in him to say, no matter what comes in my way, I have got to fulfill the mission of God. I hope there's some in this house that that believe that for themselves, that have that mission, that drive in them for themselves, that I must do the work of the Father. I must do God's work while it's yet day. I've got to do something for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. For he didn't just, in words only, say that he would press, but he lived the pressing for the governor festus he told him he said we can send you even back to jerusalem paul and you know if you want we can probably get you out of this thing but paul said this to his face to that governor after being imprisoned already for many years he said i appeal to caesar Caesar, who is in Rome, he said, I've got to go to that court because you, what you don't understand, Governor Festus, is I'm on a mission sent by God and I have got to get to my destination. And they looked at him like he was crazy. Like, why would you do that? We're, we're trying to give you a way out. Amen. And I, you know, I'm not preaching this on speculation here. You can read it yourself in your Bible in Acts chapter 26 and verse 32. Uh, there, there was a king that came and visited him, and the king said this to Agrippa. He said, or, sorry, Agrippa said this to Festus. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed to Caesar. This king that's there visiting is telling the governor, what is with this guy? There's something wrong with this guy. Why does he want to go talk to Caesar? Caesar's going to be way harder on him than, than we will be. Like, we're trying to help this guy out here in this situation he's in. And so they say, they make the statement, it would have been easier. And you might have been set free, Paul, if you had not appealed to Caesar. Our pastor preached so ably on it not long ago a message titled, I'll Take the Hard Way. And I believe that every believer needs to take the hard way sometimes. I believe that there are some things that God is calling us to that seem difficult 
and not easy. And it's not always the easy way out. That is the will of God. But sometimes it is the difficult. It is the hard things. That is worth it in the end. That the gospel might be preached. I've come to preach this thought today. God is not finished yet. Church, God is just getting started. There is a work that's supposed to happen in this county. There is a work that's going to happen in this community. But it's going to happen only if a saint of God that's in this house embraces this and says, God, you can use me. Lord, what you want to do, I pray it happened through me. Lord, I pray that you would use my hands. You would use my home. That you would preach the gospel through me. God's not finished yet. Are you finished? Are you comfortable? Are you just having a good time? Just chilling in your hammock? Or are you pressing? Because Paul pressed. He didn't just write those words, but he was literally living it. He didn't know what the outcome would be. Hallelujah. But he said, the Lord has sent me to Rome. So Rome is where I go. The Lord has called you to Vacaville. And so Vacaville is where I'll work. Vacaville is where I'll labor. Vacaville is where I'll preach the gospel. Fairfield is where I'll preach the gospel. This county is where I'll preach the gospel. Though it's inconvenient. Though there's other things I could be doing. Those are there's other pursuits I could be chasing in life. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to reach and allow God to use me. Because God is not finished yet. There are more souls to be saved, church. There are more people to be reached in this city. There's more communities that we have yet to find. There's more languages that we don't even speak yet that we are going to preach the gospel to. But it's only going to happen if we got it inside of us to say, I have not apprehended. I'm not done. I'm not finished because God God is not finished yet. God is not finished yet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I want to call Brother Lucas to the piano already. The Bible tells us this. That when Paul, after shipwreck, landing on an island, after a snake bite... I mean, he's literally on a piece of board floating to this island. But everywhere he goes, he heals in Jesus' name. He preaches the resurrection. He preaches the gospel. There were many healed and saved on those islands. Praise God. He wasn't injured or killed from the snake. And he makes it all the way to Rome. And when he makes it to Rome, they actually tell him, they say, you know what? We don't have any papers about you, Paul. He says, what do you mean? They said that they would, ahead of me, send word 
that I was to appeal to Caesar. They said, well, we don't have any, we don't have any record of it. And so Paul dwelt two whole years in his own house and received all that came in unto him. And this is how the book of Acts ends. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. History would tell us that he would be a martyr for this gospel because of this city of Rome. It was not a happy ending to his life. But even with it not being a happy ending to his life, the ending of the book of Acts tells us the gospel was preached there. The gospel was preached in his home. He had a space where people were allowed to freely come. And he did what he did best. He preached to them. He baptized them. God wasn't finished in Jerusalem. God wasn't finished in Caesarea. God wasn't finished on the island. God called a Paul to Rome. God's calling some of us here. God's calling us. If you're in this place and you're feeling the Lord speaking to you, God's calling you. Hallelujah. God is calling you. The Lord calls. Will someone answer? God's looking for somebody who'll work for him. Jesus told his disciples in John 4, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would bring laborers to his field. He said this when the whole city came out from the woman at the well. He said, and you say there are yet four months, but I tell you the fields are already white to harvest. And that's what he says. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he'd send laborers to his field. There were masses of people gathered there. And Jesus was telling his disciples, stop trying to be somebody in the kingdom. Stop trying to get a position in the kingdom and work the field. Pray that there'd be laborers for the field. This is our field. This is our county. This is God's county. And God is not finished yet. These nations have yet to hear the gospel. God's not finished yet. I thank God for the corners of the Amazon where we've reached. But there's even more places to go. There's deeper villages to go to. There's places that have yet to hear this truth. Is there somebody who's willing to go the distance? Who's willing to press? Who's willing to push beyond and forget about the past as we stand to our feet? I really feel like speaking those words of his letter. He forgot those things which are behind. Some of us have so many accolades, so many great things we've seen God do. 
Paul no doubt saw all kinds of great things that the Lord did. He would have a a reason even to, to write a book, and he wrote many, and just live on what happened in the past. But he said, no, God's calling me to more. God is not finished yet. God is not finished yet. Is there anybody who wants to be a laborer in the kingdom? Is there anybody that wants to work in his field? Is there anybody in this house that feels the call of God on your life? He's not finished yet. Hallelujah. I want to open these altars. If that's how you feel, I want you to come to this altar and find a place to pray. Oh, The greatest revivals in Vacaville have yet to happen. The greatest revivals in Ecuador have yet to happen. In the Philippines have yet to happen. Oh, God's just getting started. God is just getting started. Oh, I wish somebody would get a hold of this today.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of the Lord kind of stirring us. You know, you get to a place where you just, you kind of hit that cruise control. So I'm good. Does anybody know what the enemy of greatness is? Just being good. Good is always the enemy of great. And God called you to greatness. You see, when a, when those baby eaglets are hatched and after spending a season with their mother, they don't want to leave the nest. It's too comfortable. I mean, why would they want to leave? They get food delivered to them, all the protection they could ever want. But God puts within the nature of that mother eagle to say, you know what? You're not going to get out of here on your own. You're never going to step out on your own. So that mother eaglet will go down and she'll find pieces of thorn, sharp rocks, bones from the animals that she had killed, sharp, jagged pieces of bone. And she'll stir that nest up. She'll pluck all the feathers out of it, all the leaves. And if you ever seen a picture of a nest where the mother eagle does that, it looks, it looks like a torture chamber. And those, those baby eaglets can't get comfortable. Any way they move, they're getting poked. They're getting jabbed. They're getting stabbed. They can't, they can't until finally they get on the edge of the nest. And they look down and they stretch out those little wings. And mama or daddy just nudges them off that cliff. And they just go squawking and squealing down until they're caught up on their back. And over and over again until they learn to fly. The point being this. If things seem a little stirred up in your life right now, it could be that God says, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a good worshiper. You're good at reading your Bible. You're good at praying. But I want you to be great. I, I want you to be a disciple maker. I, I know you got a good home. You, it's nice, all of that. But I want you to make your living room an altar. I want your pool or your bathtub to be a baptismal tank. So I'm going to stir things up a little bit until you jump off and just say, okay, Lord, I'm stepping out by faith. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to be what you've called me to be because you're not finished with me yet. Amen. I'm living in the blessing of God. I believe we can all say that I'm living in the blessing of God. But I am not living to the promise that I believe God has for my life and the potential that God has for my life. So I'm going to, all right, Lord, you're going to stir up the nest. That's fine. We heard it our connect group with, with uh, uh, Bishop Gleason talking about this. It's just going hand in hand. I think we ought to lift our hands again and just reach out as Brother Garza so capably preached to us right now. God is challenging your faith. He's challenging your faith. Pastor, I've never taught a Bible study. It's a good time to learn how to do it. I've, I've never prayed anybody through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, it's a good time to learn to do that. I, I've, I've never prayed with anybody outside of the church building. It's a good time to learn to do that because God's not finished yet. You, you, we're, we're not at the most optimal level. He's got more for us to do. There are, there are lost souls that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in Solano County, in Northern California, in Jesus' name. Come on, let him just stir you up again. That's what you're feeling right now. 
You're feeling a stirring in the nest right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost just speak to you right now. Let him just pray through you right now. Just get lost in his presence. He's speaking to you right now. He's flashing images of people that you know in your mind. Hallelujah. You ought to pray till you see your living room filled with people in a home Bible study. You ought to just pray until you feel that. You see somebody kneeling at your couch repenting of their sins. Sing it one more time as your prayer. you feel the calling of the Lord in this place today. Amen. Thank you, Brother Garza, for that word. Oh, I feel such a pulling in a direction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This on the heels of our Connect group, which 
Thank you for all that were there and hosted. We were able to attend uh, Sister Tammy and Sister Tanya's beautiful, beautiful presence of the Lord. Amen. I wonder what would get, uh, get would happen to us if we became just consumed with making a disciple. And I mean consumed with it. Just making a disciple. Amen. And leading someone to the Lord. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.